When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. We're nearing the end of the Spring League 2019 in Austin, but before we get there, we've got one more live episode for you featuring inspirational wide receiver Marcus Peterson. Last Saturday, the Spring League had its first game day of doubleheaders. After a delayed start due to weather, the football gods and the weather gods got together and gave us a beautiful late afternoon and evening of football. In the first game of the day, Spring League West took it to Spring League North and emerged with a 36-6 win. In the second game, the Austin Generals made their debut by defeating Spring League East 13-6 in a defensive battle. The two games were the highest level of football to date to feature the new proposed XFL rules. The league, which kicks off next spring in 2020, is looking to add rule changes that make the game faster, safer, and more efficient, not to mention more exciting. At the risk of releasing too much about the new rules, let's head to the interview with Marcus. Marcus Peterson is a wide receiver from L.A. who played his college ball at Seton Hill. He's currently with the Spring League in Austin, his third time with the league, as he continues to work towards turning his D2 resume into an NFL one. He's already had a taste of the NFL life during the preseason with the Chargers last season. Marcus, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. You're a Los Angeles native, so uh, take us through your early days in L.A. and and starting to play football. Yeah, so I went to high school. It's called Frederick Casey Price III, a very small Christian school. Uh, we graduated with about 25 students. I was always playing basketball, playing AAU, till I got to about the 10th grade where everyone was rising to six feet, six six, and I was standing at about 5'11". So my basketball coach, who I looked up to a lot, you know, told me I should play football. And also my best friend, he literally forced me to play because there's about 11 of us guys out there. We played eight-man football, not the traditional 11-man football. So that was a little different as well. So I started to like it and build a passion because my best friend was around it. And, you know, once you're around your best friend and her passion, it kind of like dawns on you as well. So once I hit 12th grade, I got a scholarship to a school in Kansas, and from there, that's when my journey started. Tell me a little about high school recruiting, because it doesn't sound like you played a traditional 
you know, varsity football, if you will. Um, so what's the recruiting process like, and, and how do you end up um, in Kansas and then Seton Hill? Actually, we had a linebacker slash safety slash everything who was really good, and his dad understood the process of recruitment. So his dad spoke with my dad and other parents at the time that wanted to pursue football, and it's about three of us that went off to the same school. And so they have what you have, what you call high school recruiters. So it's kind of like a recruitment. So it's a different job. So not just college scouts come to your school. So they have like a third party type recruitment of who they know their connection. So that's kind of who helped us. And we all went to the same school. Which one was that? That school is called Avila University, which is in Kansas City, Kansas. So... I mentioned Seton Hill earlier. So you got your undergrad degree and you played your college ball at Division II Seton Hill University, uh, which is in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, uh, the Pittsburgh area, for those who don't know, including me. <laughs> um, how does SoCal guy like yourself find yourself in Western PA? Yeah, so going back, my best friend, he went to Oregon, then Utah, then he transferred to Seton Hill University. So we've always done everything together. So he was going into his last year and I was going into my first year because I transferred there after a semester of not really liking the football program. So I really wanted to go just to kind of hang out, party, and just be around him. So about six of us went out there from Los Angeles, the people that went to JUCO with him, junior college, and we all just went out there. And it was mostly to just enjoy life and enjoy college, but once I got there, that's when I adapted more of the football culture. And so once he graduated and the other guys from Southern California, I was stuck there for four years, so that's kind of how I stayed. Before we get to your professional football experience, uh, you went right from undergrad to England to earn your MBA in international business. Um, So now you're in your early 20s at this time, and you're still working towards a career in football, obviously, because you're still here, and you're locking down an MBA? Yes. So the story with that, I remember five days before graduating from undergrad, I was in my my house in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and I was looking, and it really hit me that you know, life is really going to start after you graduate. So what are you going to do? So I had a workout for a CFL team, Winnipeg, and I I did really good. And that's when a lot of players like, wow, you should really take this serious. So that summer I had a workout with a, um, the Cleveland Browns that came out to Orange County. This is when they recruited Robert Griffin at the time. And Robert Griffin and I had a very, good relationship because we worked out in the offseason. He really liked my person, my routes, my ability to to do on the field. So he had them come out, and I did a workout for Hugh Jackson and also Sasha Brown at the time that came down to Orange County. So I ran about 30 routes, no drop balls. They like my depth and everything, but I was lacking film, college film. So what I did was I got the opportunity to go play in England because I was playing for an arena team for about three weeks until their organization shut down called L.A. Kiss. So I got the opportunity on Facebook from a head coach in England who said, do you want to come play football and you can come get film and also get your MBA, your master's and whatever you desire. So I was looking at that as an opportunity and as life was going, and I wasn't getting signed by the Cleveland Browns, and I was going to get fired from my job, I said, you know, this is kind of the last resort and the best opportunity. And I knew there was going to be three key factors of which would change my life. So I told my parents, and 
in August 2016. That's when I went. I want you to help me fill in a few holes here because your college stats are not not big. No offense. Five catches for 74 yards and two TDs in four years. So how does someone with those stats on the D2 level even get a look from the NFL? I know you, you talked about some arena ball, but how are you generating these opportunities based on those stats at a D2 school? I've gotten this question a lot of times, and honestly, the only answer I can say is God, honestly. Um, there's not really too much of an answer that I can say per se, but just staying persistent in my journey. And I've always had the ability to take my talents to the next level. I just needed the opportunity. So staying persistent, networking, being around the right crowd, and it's all a lot of who you know as well, but getting better. So training with those elite, you know, wide receivers and quarterbacks and, you know, scouts and agents, I was in the limelight. So I paid my dues and prayed about it. Never gave up, hard work, and I ultimately got my shot a year and a half later. Now, I believe before even your first spring league, you had a workout at least with the Jags in Jacksonville. Um, So tell us about that opportunity and how that came about. Yeah, so when I went overseas to England, I had very good numbers when it comes to football. So I had about 15 touchdowns, 1,004 yards, 71 receptions, all within 10 games. So that caught the eye of... The Jaguars, because the owner of the Jaguars has a soccer team, excuse me, a football team that is in London. So they have a huge partnership with the Jacksonville Jaguars and also the Liverpool team, which is in England. So, like I said, it's really all who you know, and my outstanding numbers got their attention. So around June or July of that year, I had a workout with Jacksonville, and then after that, I came home to L.A., and a week later, I had a workout with the Los Angeles Chargers. So let's get to the Spring League. This is your third Spring League, um, and I want to go through them one by one. Give me your top <clears throat> your top line takeaways from each. Um, so the first one you were at, the first time I met you, um, was Austin last year, 2018. How did you find out about the Spring League, um, ultimately get accepted, and then you know what was life like? Um, and that was the Johnny Manziel camp. Honestly, I think it was a blessing because as I was looking at the stats and the criterias, I didn't reach or I didn't have any. I didn't reach any of those requirements when it comes to having NFL experience or having that as a resume. Going from a D two, not the big stats, but you know, it was God's plan, and I was able to get accepted. I've spoken to a lot of people who had a better quote-unquote resume than I did who did not get accepted. So I always think it was just a blessing. And I was coming from an arena team that I was with for about a month, and I wanted to stay in football condition and put on shorter pads and helmets. So I went out there to condition to get ready for the spring league. Now, uh, take us through the spring league. That one was obviously uh, a little bit more pressed than this year, and we'll get to this year in a second. Um, But Johnny obviously made that a national news story. Um, what was it like from your perspective, Austin, last year? Austin last year was very mind-boggling when it comes to the amount of opportunity that was set forth. I remember telling someone that uh, I think it was day five or six where I was running an 18-yard dig route, and the Jets were on my right side looking at 
you know, my stance and my depth. And you had the bills at the top of my route, making sure I got to the right depth. So it was really insane of how much opportunity was exposed to us at that time for about 16 days. Then about two months later, you're at uh, the showcase in San Diego, 2018, out of uh, out of La Jolla. Um, what do you remember about that? Because I, I think, to me, that's where you got your big opportunity, um, which we'll get to in a minute. But take us through what you remember about San Diego. Um, when I was getting recruited out of that from the first Austin Spring League, I wanted to get into rookie minicamp or OTAs, and I was so frustrated um, seeing, kind of not seeing everyone else, but just not getting that phone call. So I remember one day I went to church, and then my pastor told me that you may need to, whatever it is in life that you want to do, you may need to do it again. And she had no idea what it was, but it hit me to, you know, do the spring league one more time. And when I was talking to the Raiders, the Vikings, Tampa Bay, the Redskins, Texans, the Bills, the Chargers. Um, I think I caught more eye of the Chargers and the Raiders at the time. So I just wanted to give it one more shot, especially that it was near my hometown. We'll get to the Chargers in a second. Um, But just while we're on the Spring League topic, how does this year, um, we're obviously in Austin right now, um, it's a Tuesday, so we're two days away from the last game, probably one by the time this comes out. But um, how does Austin this year compare to last, uh, especially with the experience you have under your belt? I'm more relaxed, but overall, um, it was just such a thrill because you see all these guys who were drafted. Some had, I think one had a Super Bowl being under his belt. Um, and I was just a guy who went to a very small school, and I didn't have the same kind of resume as they did. But the transformation of the new league that's coming out of the XFL, so it's another opportunity. And like I always tell people, like you don't get your 20s back. So I think giving it all in my you know mid 20s now is something I have to do because once I'm like in my 40s, I won't regret anything that I've done. After the showcase in San Diego last year. Uh, you were with your hometown Chargers, and I don't know if anyone actually considers the, them to be the hometown Chargers, right? Um, but you were with them through training camp and got your first taste of extended life in the NFL, uh, not just the workouts you've been having, but literally through the preseason. So describe the moment you knew uh, you were signing with the Chargers and put pen to paper. After our last, excuse me, that game, after the showcase, about a three-day process, I remember speaking to Dennis Abram, who I had the workout with before, and after the game, or as the game was going on in the fourth quarter, he went up to my dad because my dad was cheering for me. And he said, hey, is your son Marcus? And they had a brief little talk. Um, and he said he looks better this year than he did last year when they brought me in the workout. Um, he's made good progress. And, you know, hopefully we can make moves within these next couple of weeks. And right then and there when my dad told me that, I, I felt a huge urge of, like, I'm so close, I'm so close. I've, you know, literally went all around to get to this dream, literally going to another country, working out with all these top, you know, elite professional players. And every time when they ask me, like, what team do you play for? It just makes me feel better that I'm this close. So about a week and a half after that, that's when I got my call from my agent and also the general manager from the Los Angeles Chargers. And what was that taste of the NFL like? I mean, does that still motivate you or, you know, you... 
I think you've had a lot longer distance to travel than probably most people that have been on this podcast that have ta- that have tasted the NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I can't relate to what that moment is like, but are you do you still think about that that NFL taste every day, and and does that is that what keeps you going? Now that I think about it, it is more of a testimony than anything. It wasn't just for me, if that makes sense, because the day I got signed, people from literally all over the world have messaged me on every platform of social media, phone contacts, emails, because it inspired them as well. So I remember thinking when I got there, I had a question and I was frustrated in questioning my journey in 2015, excuse me, 2016 in 2017 and not understanding why I didn't go that way and immediately I understand and I got the answers to my questions that I had in 2016 so that was a big platform for me and the crazy part about it was I was applying to be a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual because I also got my MBA as well in global business finance so I was on my sixth interview literally about to start to be a financial advisor but I spoke with them and I told them that I don't want to start yet because I have a huge feeling that, you know, I'm going to get my shot. And they respected it. And, of course, they wanted me to come on. But around two weeks later, that's when I got my calls, literally interviewing someone, getting their brief feedback of if I were to be a financial advisor, doing kind of the homework that they give you for a high-profile job like that. And I got the phone call. I dropped immediately everything I was doing from the interview I was doing with my friend. And I had I went down to Irvine, which is about a 30-minute drive from where I live. And what are some, some moments that stick out in, in your mind from being on a, you know, catching passes from Phillip Rivers? And- uh, I remember the year before that, the summer, I was on the other side of the fence watching the Chargers play. And, you know, I went by myself because I wanted to, you know, see the scouts and kind of just basically the whole method of selling your CDs out of your trunk. So having my film and just being ready to go and just reminiscing how I was on that side of the field, not signing autographs, but looking at other people, looking at the players sign autographs to later, literally 365 days later, signing autographs for people who were in my position. So that's when it really hit me. And also, and then it hit me to about three days later, honestly, because when we were warming up and I was looking around and everybody had bolts on their helmets. And that's when it really hit me like, oh, wow, you're really here. So, yeah, I said, because everything went so fast because it wasn't just physical. It was mental. You had to take all these tests. Everything is different from what I was used to in the NFL. It's more of a business and you have to get everything right. It was it was just mind blowing. So unsurprisingly, after getting an NFL shot last year, you're turning heads in Austin this year. Um, according to Michael Woods, who is the Spring League Director of Player Personnel, um, he wrote this about you, and you've never heard this before. Uh, Marcus has been one of the most consistent receivers in this year's Spring League camp. His route-running efficiency and combination of speed and agility has helped him consistently get open at the second level. He has shown a lot of improvements since his stint with us last year, and I feel those improvements will help his odds of reaching the next level of professional football. So how do you react to that assessment of your play the past two weeks? I'm very humble and grateful that Mr. Woods took the time to not only write that about me, but took the time to evaluate and to watch me. So I'm very humbled and thank him for that. 
I just feel like now that I have it under my belt and I understand kind of the second time around of what it is and expected, I'm more relaxed. I kind of understand the system more. I've been training very hard, so I kind of know the ins and outs. I do a whole lot of film study. So I think that's the, the biggest key of how I've progressed so far. And do you do you agree with his assessment? I mean, are those things that you're trying to show off in your game, route running efficiency, speed, agility? Yes, I think a lot of people are different. People have – some people are 6'6", six, six, some people are 6'5", some people are 5'5". Five, five. Some people run good routes. Some people have good speed. Some people have good hands. I think my niche when it comes to football is my route running ability and being able to set up the DB the way I want it to connect with the quarterback. So I wanted to show that the most to the scouts that, you know, I can run every route in the book, no matter what coverage, no matter what DB, the line of scrimmage, third down, second down, regardless that, you know, I can get open. The Spring League front office obviously thinks you have a great shot at continuing your pro football career, um, but you've also been busy off the field over the past year. Uh, can you take us through some of what you're up to away from football? Yes. Yeah, so once I signed with the Los Angeles Chargers, it's amazing how many doors are open, but that's kind of how life goes. Um, I signed with a model con- a modeling contract with LA Models, which is Los Angeles, which is in Los Angeles, California, with the director Krista Clayman, who I love dearly. I've also, like I said, I've obtained my MBA in global business finance. So I've turned a lot of heads of not just being in a football player, but also an entrepreneur and an educated young man as well, which led to a lot of connections with companies and brands and entrepreneurs and that like mine. I also started a motivational apparel brand that kind of exceeds and ignites my success of the struggles I've been through which was not making it and instead of proving everyone wrong, I wanted to prove myself right and to make it because literally, and to be honest with you, the 90% of the reason why I wanted to get to the NFL is because people said I couldn't or they thought I, they thought I could not and they said I would not. So that's 90% of why. I think of the lack of film and the lack of attention I got coming out of college, that's what drove me the most because I think if I would have done really good in college, I would have been satisfied, and I'd probably be living a life that I did not want to live. So it all worked out for me in the end. I want to focus on the clothing line you just mentioned for a second, um, as I think I think it resonates with a lot of Spring League guys. Um, but you're an inspirational guy. I mean, you just are, and you're you're working on turning that into a business. Where do you think the source of your positivity comes from, and how has that helped you out professionally, whether in football or elsewhere? As I'm growing older. I'm understanding at this time what my purpose and what my passion is in life. And at first it was just football, but now that I'm experiencing more in life, it's more of defying limitations. For me, I was said not to graduate from high school and then later graduating with with merits with my global business finance degree internationally overseas in another country also was said that I'll probably never leave Los Angeles California and literally being able to go vacation to the south of France three times in one year so my biggest thing is defying limitations and I think that motivating myself helps and motivates others 
So the slogans that I've worked with are 100% focused on plan A. Of course, my plan A was the NFL. Of course, you have plan B, A through Z, but I think you only live one life, and I'm so focused and driven that when you tell me no, then I have to get a yes. That's just kind of how I am. I don't know if it's because I'm an only child, but that's just kind of how I've always been. More of a troublemaker, but it, it, it makes sense now. Also, staying persistent. So I didn't go drafted in the NFL, so I stayed persistent with it and not giving up, which led me to you know the NFL contract and also proving myself right. I used to be really huge of proving other people wrong because they said I couldn't, but once I transferred that energy, that negative energy into proving myself right, it literally changed my mindset in my life. So let's close out on a couple fo- a couple football questions. The XFL has been on site for the whole camp this year. Um, they're an official spring league partner. So what have you noticed about their proposals to the game of football, and what do you think about them? I think they are excited to retry again, and I think we all have that same attribute in life. Sometimes we fail, but we have to get back up and try again. And that's what the XFL is trying to do, so I'm excited about that. I had not really had that much information until this past month of hearing what the XFL was because I was really young at the time when XFL was and I didn't know that that was a league. But being around their staff and their head office and what they've been doing during practice and implementing in practice, it seems like it's going to be a very nice league, very controlled and very entertainment-based, and I like it. And last question, we know the NFL's the dream. Um but would you be interested in playing in the new league kicking off next year if they were interested in signing you? Yes, of course. Like I always say, my, my plan A is to get back to the NFL, which I was the last year, last summer, a couple months ago. But if it is God's plan, then yes, I would like to extend my career with the XFL. But NFL, of course, is my number one. But I would love to be a part of the XFL as well. Well, they've got a team in L.A., I believe, so I, I hope that goes in your favor at the very least. Um, the Spring League front office is, is confident in you. I'm confident in you. It's been great to get you to know you over the year. Um, so thanks for joining us on the pod, finally. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Spring Forward. I encourage you to follow Marcus's journey and his inspirational endeavors as he moves forward in his career. Good luck on what will inevitably be a new great chapter in your story. The second set of Spring League games will go down on Thursday, April 11th at the Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin. Tickets are available now at thespringleague.com. You can follow the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Spring League. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Goldstick. All music was provided to the Spring Forward podcast by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back soon with the best stories coming out of Austin. Later.